0: Welcome to New Human Living Radio show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you
1: learn more at newhumanliving.com and now your host Les Jensen
0: so uh, let me ask you what's your what's your measuring stick What kind of metric can you use to Evaluate your potential as a human persona Humanity, it's quite clear humanity is going through a bit of a karmic tsunami And I think the the heart of humanity wants a more authentic story A, a more genuine idea of what's possible in our human narrative I'm really excited for tonight's show The topic tonight is who we true Who we truly are, and our guest tonight is Alan Steinfeld. We're going to bring him on in just a minute. But I I want to just spend a just a, a few moments to think about what is our narrative asking of humanity. What What does humanity yearn for? Want as far as a, a change in the narrative, there's so much change going on on the planet and in our human narrative and in order for the sovereignty the 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 dominion, if you will, of our our human persona to to really come fully up into our own truth into our full potential. We need a measuring stick that works, that really honors our potential. I wanna make sure we have all the time we can get with our guest tonight, and so I think we should jump right to it. Again, the topic tonight is who we truly are, and our guest is Alan Seinfeld. Alan is an explorer of consciousness. For over 30 years, he has hosted and produced the weekly television series, New Realities in New York City. With over 70,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel of the same name, there have been over 20 million viewers who have seen his programs, including luminaries in the field of health, spirituality, and UFOs, such as Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, Ram Dass, with his media appearances, lectures and conferences, he informs millions of people about human potential, remote viewing and the and the nature of alien contact. For over 7 years, he has been a EMC at the largest UFO event in the country, Contact in the Desert. He fills our own he feels that only when the inner exploration of the soul are combined with the outer adventures of the mind, how beautiful is that, can we achieve a harmonious understanding of our place in the cosmos. I think we're going to have a great conversation tonight. Join me in welcoming Alan to the show. Welcome to the show, Alan. Thanks so much, Les. I appreciate
1: your intelligent approach and and your and your kind of gentle personality, so um, I'm happy to talk to people like you anytime we can. So, I can't, so when is what is the question you asked? How do we change the narrative? I want to get it really clear what you're asking because I have some answers. I mean, from
0: my opinion. Sure. Well, sure. Um, I mean, the topic of the show, who we truly are, is. Uh, I, I feel the. the the human narrative on earth right now really wants, um, Mm. a more powerful sense of control of itself. I mean, Mm. I mean, your history over the past 30 years, you've really delved into a lot of conversations about many different kinds of personas in your Mm. experience. How have you, um, what kind of, examples of powerful personas as it comes to changing the collective narrative? Have you bumped up against?
1: Well, that is a great question because I often think about that because I have interviewed lots of people. And I think it's the creative thinkers, whether it's in science or art or just uh, communication skills. The people with Innovative approaches that make their life into an art form, the ones that are living a creative potential every moment they can are the ones that I admire and are making the biggest shift because that is why we're here. We're here to shift the consciousness by following our passion, following our excitement and doing what we love to do, which is create. The, uh, William Blake said, "The imagination is the true essence of the human being, and we need to rely on that more and not try to fit in." So that's one approach.
0: Well, nice. I like that. You know, I I like to think of the the, the possibilities. Like, for example, what if Jesus had Twitter? What if Jesus had a podcast? <laughs> or where hmm. Leonardo da Vinci had 3D printing where he could test an idea out in a single day. I mean, we're really in an extremely rich environment. I mean, the hmm. technology that allows us to have podcasts like this and anybody can search the Internet for information. It seems like humanity has been in a pressure cooker and, and the the pressure's coming off. How do you see um, the human genome, the human persona evolving as it relates to the the transformation of our human condition?
1: Well, you know, going back to technology, it's always a double-edged sword. Like the first technology was fire. It could warm you and cook your food and also burn your little hut down. So we always have to be aware of how we're going to approach technology and you know people love their computers they love the non-local aspect of that but of course it becomes addictive uh you know i sometimes i can't put down my iphone or get off the computer i'm exhausted i'm tired and it's like i'm just sucked into the kind of digital um vortex there and so i have to into myself and say well what's going on And maybe what's going on inside me is just as important as what's going on outside of me. And if we're always on media and digital and social media and on television, it's like we forget that there's this incredible, I wouldn't even call it technology, but let's call it technology inside of us. There's an incredible creative world inside of us. That's why sometimes it's nice just to go out into the desert and um, to sit there with nature. There's a, if you want to call it technology in nature, this the effervescence of the natural world is the other balance to Twitter and social media and all the podcasts. That's all great, and it's accelerating our cohesiveness as a human race, but then we have to drop back into ourselves for balance. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I like that, and and I think mm-hmm. that, like you said, to to connect with nature. I mean, so many people, uh, especially with the past couple of years twenty 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 one, there's been so much upheaval, and mm-hmm. their egos might not understand the the chaos that's happening, how much extreme change mm-hmm. there's going on, and what they're hungry for is a sense of peace, a sense of uh, yeah rest. And I think nature is an element for that. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I think
1: that's part of it. But, I, you know, it's like that thing. It's a double-edged sword of technology in the modern world. And how do we find the balance in ourselves? And how do we come to peace? This is the eternal question. I think we need a new narrative for humanity to realize there's more to us, you know, that we've been um, conditioned by the old matrix, by being um, brainwashed, I think, to, to just think about survival and money. And those are the important things. And even, even in social media, who has the most likes, who's listening to my podcast, who's, I mean, it's all great, but that's not, um, that's not the whole world and it's become another subset of the world. So we just need distance. We And I think part of what's been so amazing though about this time is that we've been starting to decentralize. The cities have been great for bringing people together. And now that we're together, we can start to form small, we can live in smaller communities where we can keep that connection. We can keep that vital connection to um each other and not live on top of each other so i think this is the new times we're in and we're in a huge transition so um it's all up in the air but each of us has to find our way i think back to ourselves first and then um bring it out to others you know so um I, that's just one thought. I mean, I don't have the answers. I have as many questions as you, and um, we're just trying to look. Let's form small circles and look at all this together and see how we're going to move forward as a more benevolent, kinder civilization. Don't you think so, Les? Don't you, what, oh. I'm curious what you're thinking. Yeah.
0: Well, indeed, you know, uh, I, I heard of a very curious thing that really struck me, and it's about Moses wandering in the desert for forty flipping years. I mean, isn't he going to pull over and ask directions? <laughs> and the and and the, That's the explanation, yeah. The, <laughs> the explanation I heard was um, that the consciousness of the people that that fled was slavery, and that the 40 years allowed for a generation to be born out of slavery before they landed and created a home. And so uh, you brought up the the old matrix, the old uh, control mechanism, if you will, to put it mildly. Um, and And in order for us to kind of anchor a new narrative that's completely washed clean of the old matrix, we need to embody a new narrative. It's like um, we can't convert the entire world to electric cars tomorrow. We can't do it tomorrow because there's not enough charging stations. There's not enough infrastructure to support that. Yet, if all we do is fight against the fossil fuels, we we can't create something new, so it's it, it's like we have to pull from our imagination, pull from our inspiration, into our body, embody it, and then anchor it in our everyday life in order for it to become the the foundation of the new narrative.
1: Right, but we I would just add one thing to that, and I really appreciate what you're saying there we need to rely on some creative input you talked about leonardo da vinci and the great artists, and and something new is coming we need to keep pushing for the new not not just falling in line with what people have already created on twitter and all that i mean when we we grew up probably in the television age, we didn't think anything could be better than television, you know, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and here we are with every piece of information we ever wanted really literally at our fingertips. I mean, who would have imagined that? Growing up and watching Mickey Mouse in the 60s or, you know, my inspiration was Johnny Carson and um, all that. But, you know, there's always something new and something unborn being emerging out of the human psyche. And that's, that's what's so exciting. That's why I look forward to, to embracing. That's why I call my program New Realities. That's why I wrote this book that we can talk about called "Making Contact." We're making contact with different aspects of ourselves and and different parts that are awakening. And we're not done yet. We are not a done. We are have so we are just in our infancy in human potential. I mean, people like Joe Dispenza are really working hard to show people how much they have what capacity they have to change their reality. And I teach people remote viewing and I show we are part of a non-local mind. So we have to keep pushing the envelope of what how we're divining ourselves and yes, it's a new narrative. But let's 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 keep inventing it every single day. Each one of us. There's no narrative that should be the same for everyone because each of us are full of genius potential and untold possibilities
0: beautiful beautiful well said you know the uh, the idea of new realities the the infinite the infinite um impulse of consciousness to create a new the the, the name of your show new realities is perhaps the the eternal yearning of consciousness to to never stagnate, to never um, consider it done, but to forever follow that inner impulse and bring it out into expression is is perhaps the most fundamental mechanism of consciousness itself. Exactly.
1: That's the most exciting thing about consciousness, and that's why – You need a new generation, like you say, about Moses wandering, that that. it's not thinking in the old reality, they not necessarily die out, but change the nature of perception itself. When I say reality, I'm talking about the nature of perception, how everyone sees the world differently, but how do we see it in an original way? Each one of us, how do we get out of the matrix? You know, that movie, The Matrix, Bruce Lipton says it was a documentary. It wasn't a narrative (laughs) fiction film. We're trapped by, and you know, Terrence McKenna, who I love. I don't know if you know him. He says, culture is not your friend. Because culture will make you think just like everyone else and we're not like everyone else we're the genius really and i do say genius because each of us has that potential to step out of the matrix and think a new thought create a new song write a new book you know this is this is the purpose of incarnation that's the new narrative i want to see for human incarnation is is surrendering to the great creative force that is in each one of us that that's what i call the flowering of humanity and we're we're not there so many of us are enslaved even if you're an artist even if you're creating there's something that sometimes for some people are enslaving them but of course the great artists are rewarded um with appreciation because they brought something new and whether that's bob dylan like who who even liked that guy's voice at the first hearing (laughs) it and it's like oh my god what a creative (laughs) insight this guy has and he becomes a voice of a generation. So there's a book called the shock of the new, because it's like, we're all stuck in horse and buggy thinking who wants, you know, a car that you fill up when you have your nice horse, you can drive around town. So it's like, I, I see example. I love giving lectures about that because I see those examples throughout human history. You know, when, Robert Fulton went to Napoleon and said, I could build you a ship that sails against the wind. All we have to do is light a fire under the decks. He said, this is crazy. Get out of here, you know. And what else? Uh, You know, every media imitates the media that came before. So when the telephone was invented, you know, it was just there to relay messages. No one had conversations on telephone. It was just a, a very fancy telegraph machine. And so that was part of it. But then when it went to London and said, um, um, you know, we want to bring telephones to London, they say, why do we need that? We have hundreds of messenger boys to deliver messages. So we have to start thinking new and new possibilities and new um, situations. So, yes,
0: yes, yes. Well, I like that. Uh, There's a lot of our culture that – that wants that feeling of, quote, normal, unquote, of 2019 before the cart tipped over. And I like to say normal won't fix anything because normal is really a vote for more of the same. And in in order to create a, a new narrative, a new dynamic, if you will, for humanity, it it's going to come through the the human vessel you people like you and me and the listeners how do we how can we perceive ourselves or stretch ourselves or um recondition ourselves to be a a more conducive uh, vessel or vehicle for consciousness to to really uh, transform and transcend the old narrative right
1: great question because that is the question we have to look at our world views what do we believe what is what is um what is a stuck belief? What do we believe about ourselves? What do we believe about the world? We have to look at the limitations of our belief. I had a teacher that said, don't argue for your limitations. So it's like, what, what is new? What, what looks impossible? There really is no such thing as impossibility. It's just something that an idea someone hasn't thought of yet. So, you know, anti-gravity, teleportation, these are on the horizon, you know, and um, we have to just let go of what we know and investigate what we don't know. The unknown is bigger than the known. And that's what's right. so ama- amazing about the world. The, it's mostly unknown. We don't even know how electricity works. I mean, we don't know. Are those electrons running through those wires? We don't know what gravity is. I mean, Einstein said it was, you know, mass and time-space matrix. But, you know, we don't really know a lot of things. Yeah, we know how cars can work, but that's that's old technology. You realize the combustion of engine that people use in their cars and airplanes were based on Newton's laws of physics, which is 400 years old? What about using the applications of quantum physics, which probably UFOs use to generate and propel their craft because they're not filling up their gas tank to get here. So, right. right, you know, there's newness on the horizon. And that's why I welcome artists, particularly song, music, because they are bringing in sounds and possibilities that no one's heard before or no one's thought of. And then we're we just need to keep pushing the envelope of creative thought. This is the challenge that each of us face. And, and, and I call upon the people to be some kind of creative outlet to some sort of um, new reality that they're creating. You know, that's really the purpose of incarnation. That's why I said, do you, do you know what I mean by that's why we've come to the planet to add to creation. It's not to finish our karma or to do all these ridiculous things we've done for hundreds of thousands of lifetimes, but it's to push the envelope of possibility.
0: And that's really a never-ending, uh, I don't know if it's a quest or yearning, but uh, the intention, perhaps a consciousness itself. You know, the 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 idea that... Um, the, the quantum technology, zero point, teleportation and whatnot. Uh, there, there's so many of our galactic visitors or neighbors, if you will. And uh, a lot of humanity has kind of grown up with the idea that institutions decides things. And that's part of the conundrum of the matrix. It's where, you know, some authority is going to tell me some institutions going to tell me and that that's really uh um hypocrisy to the the fundamental narrative of consciousness that says every point of consciousness every aspect of consciousness is a mirror of itself expressing so for for each individual human being human persona if you will what the benevolent beings that are watching all this take happen? Uh, they want humanity to stand up and, and anchor itself in its own dominion, its own sovereignty. Uh, how do you see that?
1: Well, can you make it a little simpler? Where how you can approach that? So what? Well, what... sure. It's, it's like yeah.
0: what what I'm getting at is. Um, the government's not going to issue a new uh, narrative for us that's going to honor us.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's it, true. Yeah.
0: It, it It's up to us to claim our own dominion, our own sovereignty, if you will.
1: Well, that's what's happening, I think, as we decentralize from, you know, the big cities, the big corporations, as you know, cottage industries, um you know, become more, more part of everything as we, you know, we had, I mean, half a million people left New York city to live somewhere outside the city. I mean, people are leaving cities. We need to claim our sovereignty by living in in human sized communities where everyone's recognized there are no homeless in a human sized community. You know, everyone's taken care of. I mean, it's not like communism. It's just, Taking it's human nature to take care of people you're living with, you know. So it's like the old that it takes a village to raise a child. This is, this is, you know, this is our um, natural calling. You know, Marshall Rosenberg, I studied nonviolent communication. He said we have a basic need to give love as well as receive love. So we have to go back to connecting with what we're really. Feeling and what our needs are as community-based people and also individuals. What are our individual needs? So we don't expect governments to do that. We need people to stay. Governments are not people. They're unemotional like corporations. They don't care about individuals. We need to care about the individuals and the collective, and each person is is valued. You know, uh, a friend of mine did a, a, a movie about prisoners on death row and, 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 and they were asked about why they did that. And they talked about their being neglected and abused as children and, and, and how they had to ignore their fa- feelings. And it's like, and, and the movie says, these are not throwaway people, even though, yeah, they've harmed, but they're, they've, You know, have committed a crime, but they're now they're looking at their actions, and they have real feelings about what they did, and and we can't, we maybe yeah, want to execute them, but they're they're people. No one's a throwaway, and everyone has feelings. They've just been taught to ignore it. So how do we get create a society that's the new narrative which acknowledges feelings, and you know, abuse is so rampant. And I have to say, I know it's been talked about a hundred times, millions of times. But the watching the Oscars and and watching uh, what's his name slap Chris Rock. Um, Will, Will that Smith. Was, Will Smith. We witnessed public abuse, and yeah, I mean, but that happens all the time in families, and marriages, and relationships. It's like that sort of violence, and now we're looking at violence in the world. It's like I don't we have to get rid of the animal nature that wants us to protect. It's okay to protect your property, but you know, we can do it in other more sophisticated ways. You know, does Russia really have to invade Ukraine? What are they really after there? Is it world domination or do they just want NATO to pull back their borders? And and I don't know what the answer is, but, there has to be a better way than violence because that's the only way the narrative's going to shift because we're arming ourselves, they're arming ourselves person she's like it's like where's it going to end? Well, it doesn't look like it's ending anytime soon because look at what's in the news, but I could end if we all kind of took care of each other's emotional needs, not first our own emotional needs, but express them, learn a new language, learn. Nonviolent communication that Marshall Rosenberg um, laid out. He says, don't ask for something unless you express your needs. Like some people say, would you do me a favor? It says, like, that's, that's a demand. If you, if you want me to do you a favor, tell me what you need because I can relate to your needs and tell me what, what you want and then ask, you know, what you need for yourself. And then I can see, do I want to do you a favor? If you say, just do me a favor, that is a, demand and no one answers demand, but you have to come to understand what's our feelings and our needs. Feelings and needs and expressing is the key to a new narrative. Everyone has feelings and everyone has needs and we have to learn how to vocalize that. So if you're feeling something, I'm with you. And if you have a need for something, I'm going to try to meet that need. But if you say, get me this or do this, then you're immediately demanding and no one likes that. So it's a new language of interpersonal communication. That's what I'm saying here.
0: Beautiful. Very well said. We're
1: all learning it. I'm not saying I practice that all the time, but um, we're trying to um, make a a gentle, loving society. So, uh,
0: a, A loving society beautiful words mm-hmm. how about i i know you're pressed for time but how about no, okay. um ad, adding love as a a school uh, curriculum through every grade through college because for me love is love is such a uh, multi-dimensional facet of the human experience and we pretty much ignore it in our education system And yet a loving society is what perhaps all our hearts yearn for, a more loving society, a more loving narrative. What about bringing, like, love and compassion and forgiveness into the mainstream academic uh, curriculum?
1: It, It is coming. I have a friend who has something called Relationships 101. He's going into high schools, and he's talking about just what I said, how to communicate with you, how to express yourself, how to express love when, how do people deal with the traumas of growing up in abusive families, addictive families, and let's, let's bring the love into the high school, into interpersonal relationships. This is happening in the Bronx to about 50 schools in the Bronx, New York, and lots of other places. Look up relationships. Uh, what do you call it? The relationships one Oh one. And, um, There's something called the ACEs program in some schools. There's a what's his name? Robert Redford's son did a film called about ACEs adverse childhood effects syndrome. Like what adverse childhood effects are people suffering? Why are they acting out? If you can get them while they're young, then they don't end up in prison because they have needs that haven't been met and. If you can meet those needs, then they don't have to act in certain ways where they have to demand those needs. So, it is happening, and it's slow, but there is movement in public education and and understanding the necessity for this type of communication. So that's part of the new narrative. Thank you for asking that.
0: Yes. Well, very nice. Well, um, mm-hmm. you've you've just come out with the book uh, Making Contact.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, right. who did you write this book for? St. Martin's Press. They, I,
1: I've been, you know, I think I've had some experiences myself, and I couldn't understand them. So I did a lot of research, and then I connected to this publisher and said, you know, I've been looking at this for a long time. And of course, there's hundreds of other books out there, but I said, you know, I don't think anyone has the answer here. So this is a collection of essays by people I feel are the best and brightest in that field of ufology and you know when I was writing the book it's not so much about aliens or what's out there it's about us how are we connected to something greater than just the human drama that's really the conclusion I came to in that book and I quote people like Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton you know the epilogue um, with Bruce Lipton. Do you know Bruce Lipton's work? The yes. Evolution. He's been
0: on this show.
1: Oh, yeah. I love Bruce. Well, I sought him out when no one had discovered him. And I, and I sat down and sat with me for three hours in his living room. And he went through the whole thing. And he came to the conclusion, this is what inspired me. The Our evolution is collective. You know, everything that human beings are, Need to come together to realize we're part of one big organism, right? So our right. cells came together, Bruce said, to form multicellular um, colonies and then an organism. So we're all part of a cell called humanity. And he says, we're not human beings until we form humanity, which is the great super organism of all our consciousnesses coming together to create a wholeness. And then when we create the being, humanity. Then we come together as a planetary species with a single voice. We're all doing our different parts, but the single voice then can reach out to other single voices in the cosmos to form the next level of evolution. Isn't it amazing? We need the oneness of our human system and meet those other onenesses. And those onenesses become another level Of multicellular organism that creates us another even more super incredible organism because the universe is full of consciousness how can it not be
0: the universe is
1: full of life i mean gary nolan at stanford university said dna is older than the earth itself by five billion years so i think there's life out there everywhere look look at the grass around us this is not it's a great planet it's a beautiful planet but i think what's here is everywhere you know oxygen and and nitrogen and things that grow and maybe things grow without oxygen or nitrogen i mean there's so many possibilities of life that it's not an anomaly this is the old programming that that we're freaks of nature that life is an accident that it's meaningless and i say it's not meaningless because what is the soul where did that come from? Where's that eternal aspect in each one of us? It's from somewhere else. And we're a part of a greater cosmology. And there is abundance of, of of intelligence everywhere. And it's just waiting for us to form the new narrative. Like you're saying, Les, it's waiting for us to tell a new story about ourselves, one that's not warlike and this land is my land. And, you know, <laughs> shooting people and all that. It's like... That's, they're waiting for us to wake up to who we really are and become part of this next level of evolutionary creation. We're at the threshold, but we have a long way to go, and we've come a long way. So we're at a turning point in history, and that's really why I wrote the book about making contact, about making contact with ourselves, each other, the planet, and also the greater cosmos. And so this is our destiny. And are we going to take the long road, or are we going to – get there sooner than later because new technologies are waiting for us new understandings of biology new sociology things are waiting for us if we could just come together as a unity of coherence in our human population that's the new narrative that's the answer to your question
0: very nice well spoken (laughs) very nice yeah (laughs) well i want to make
1: yeah, go, yeah, oh, go
0: ahead. Yes. I want to make sure yes. the audience knows how to get your book, how to how to look at your material, um give us give us a rundown about your books and and what you're doing and how the audience can connect with your your services. Oh,
1: thank you. Well, I'm starting a very um exciting new uh, online program series called Make the make, Making contest Making Contact Series dot com. This will be a set initially of five programs where I'm talking to people inside government, contactees, people who call themselves star seeds, which uh, people have come here with a memory of other realms. So it's a five-part series, and you go to Making dot com. Sign up. The first show is May 19th, and I'm going to go all through uh, June. And it's going to be very exciting. People like Linda Moulton Howe and Whitley Striever are going to be in conversation on this program about the deep conversation. What does it mean to be a human being, part of a cosmos, not just nice. uh, uh the human realm. So that's one way to contact me: makingcontactseries dot com. Go find my book on Amazon, which is Making Contact: Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence, and my YouTube channel, which is youtube dot com slash new I'm also on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. You can just find me uh, and email me at newrealities at earthlink dot net. And, um, well, maybe I'll give your audience a special offer if they're hearing this. I'll send them uh, the introduction to my book, Making Contact. So you can email me at newrealities at earthlink.net, put introduction, tell, say you've heard me on Les's show, and I'll just send you like a 20 page introduction to the Making Contact book just as a gift for your listeners. Okay, Les?
0: Well, very nice. Well, do you have any closing thoughts for our audience?
1: Yeah, first of all, I really enjoy um your line of questions and I'd love to come back on and talk more about together to look at it together, not just questions and answers, but what are your ideas? what am I? How are we gonna really build a narrative that's based on compassion and and how each of us have to do the work? It's not like it just happens outside of us, you know. If you're yelling at your wife or your dog even, then you still have, and I still have work issues, you know, someone cuts you off in traffic, <laughs> it's like, oh, where'd that come, that son of a, you know, it's like, you know, it's just reactive. How do we talk to ourselves? What's the narrative inside our own head? That's the conversation we really have to watch, you know. How is the internal dialogue? Are you angry? Are you sad? Are you depressed? Or... Are you full of wonder? I mean, that's the challenge each of us have. How do we look at the world in a new, uh, beautiful way that's based on a new internal dialogue? That's that's what I'm excited about, the new narrative of, of the unknown, making known the unknown. That's that's our challenge. But that's exciting. We're living in new times, and the world is new and fresh. Less it's not based on anything we know. We've just been through two years or more of facing the unknown. Everything's been turned upside down and maybe that's just the beginning. Maybe making contact with these other beings is a whole shift of of consciousness that doesn't look like anything we've known. I don't know what it will be. I'm just putting out the possibilities of what making contact will be, but it's going it's happening. The government has already acknowledged and I'm not saying anything the government hasn't said about visitors. I don't know who they are. I don't know where they're from, and I don't know what they want. But let's get used to the fact that guess what? We have company, and let's clean up our room so we could, you know, really meet <laughs> I <laughs> Right? Your mother says you're not having company until so you can really clean up your room. So it's like that. We got to clean up yep. the mess we made because they're not going to save us. Whoever they are, and this is the message these star seeds are coming in. the Environment, they're like watch your environment. Watch what you're doing. We have to clean up the mess we made deactivate our nuclear weapons because they've already done that in certain uh, military bases. They've been activated and they turn them on. So it's like, let's, let's make love, not, not war, you know, like, you know, John Lennon said, and um, yep. that's, that's the new narrative altogether. We are becoming the new human being, but you know, not to be too cliche, but we are the ones we've been waiting for. Forget the aliens. We're coming whether we like it or not, but let's really get our acts together. Each one of them, me, that's like, yeah, my my room's a mess. i got to clean it up. So <laughs> I want to have some company. So, yeah, definitely. But I enjoy well, this
0: line of conversation, yes. yes. Well, very nice. Uh, Alan, you're welcome on, on my show any time. And if you ever need mm-hmm. uh, uh, a guest that likes to – to bend the rules and, and look at new, new narratives. Um, oh, can, I w I want to thank you for being our guest, <clears throat> excuse me. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I've really enjoyed this conversation.
1: But Can you just tell me one thing less how you bend the rules and create the new narrative? Cause I want to know a little bit more about you.
0: Well, I like to think of the total opposite. So like, for hmm. example, uh, the narrative of money. Uh, money mm-hmm. is is like 2008 we hang we hang 100 percent of our life on a single symbol money yeah. we hang yeah. the home we buy the vacation we take the education we get everything about our life is hung on money and then the the craziness of it is we gamble over the value of money if that's not a, a mental disorder, I don't know what is. So what would the opposite of money be? What if there mm. was no money in our in our culture, and everything was done out of the passion of of the heart? And so you get up in the morning and you I imagine a big roll of paper and you draw out a fresh sheet of paper across the desk and you get out a pencil and whatever you draw becomes reality and there's mm. not a monetary mechanism to it
1: so that's our future yes yeah.
0: that's an example of how i like to bend mm. our narrative i like to think mm. of the opposite i like to think of mm. the pliability of consciousness mm. i like to think of the the human persona as a vessel of a vast multidimensional soul that has feelers mm-hmm. or, or communication mm-hmm. mechanisms across time and mm-hmm. space. And, and mm-hmm. how do we honor that as, as mm-hmm. a, a vehicle for the change of the collective narrative on the planet? <laughs> well, <thank laughs> That's you. a lot of words. Is, I hope that helps. I know. I love <laughs> it.
1: You should have Paul Heineck as your guest. He's talking about cryptocurrency being the new, monetary system that's gonna change people's lives in the world. But Very nice. Uh, we'll be in touch about it. okay, I should go, but um let's let's talk soon. Be in touch,
0: okay? Not a problem. I'd love to. Making thank, thank you so much.
1: Keep, let's keep making contact. Making contact series, new
0: realities. <laughs> Thanks, let Okay. Thank you. Bye. Take care.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. We've been talking with uh, Alan Seinfeld, and uh, what a fun conversation! So I want to talk about you, the listener. Sure, go ahead and uh, and uh, listen up because look at what our, our quote saviors unquote said. Jesus said, "You'll do everything I have done and more." Now there's seven billion people on the planet who has pulled that off who has accomplished that i'm i wouldn't be a bit surprised if there have been many personifications of of the human genome on the planet that have pulled it off but the stories of them didn't survive history what would we learn about humanity if all the the secrets of the 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 hidden documents, the hidden history, the locked up uh, aspect of our past that institutions have deemed um, um, I don't know that they tell us we uh, it's not for us it's secret or whatever and that's malarkey what if, if oh, I don't know, the Vatican Library, what if all of that got published online? A hundred percent of it got published online and humanity could look at its history without a tether, without a, a limitation. Would we find out that there's other narratives similar to Jesus, perhaps uh, Krishna or Buddha or whatever? So you're... You're the human genome. You're the human personification of consciousness. You are Christ consciousness incarnate, and Christ said, you're going to do everything I have done. So uh, do you expect to tell to uh, heal the sick or walk on water or raise the dead or whatever what are the hell the miracles that Jesus demonstrated and then said you would do that as well? In order for us to really in order for us to really put a fulcrum on our imagination, we have to condition or rather uncondition our mind from the the stigma the the staunchness the starchy rigidness of our upbringing. so how do you do that I'm gonna tell you about a, a book series that I really recommend you get because when I read these books it, it my heart was reading the book not my brain the words on the page talk to my heart and that um, it's like it's a series of books eight or nine books and it's written by a river boat captain what wait what Vladimir McGeer wrote a book. The first book is called Anastasia. And it's by ringing cedars, like ringing a bell and cedar trees. Ringing cedars. Vladimir McGeer wrote these books describing his experience with this woman called Anastasia. So go online and find that. And get that first book, Anastasia by Vladimir McGear and read that. And it's going to talk to your heart. And over the series of books, she talks about what it would be like to embody the, the magnificence of our true divine, divine potentials. And we've really been if anything distracted from our divine potentials if anything that there's a a lot of effort to keep our brains out of our divine potentials so how the hell are we ever going to learn our divine potentials unless we bring them front and center and i suggest to you the anastasia book series is spot on for learning our divine potentials anastasia has a perspective and demonstrates it in the book that we're we're woefully um, underestimating our measuring stick remember i talked at the beginning of the show what's your measuring stick how are you going to tell how effective you are at manifesting your true divine potential how are you going to measure that if you use a measuring stick of society or past or culture you're going to suck at it you're going to stink because the the power of the human persona the human genome that's the least talked about topic perhaps for the history of history um outside of perhaps particular, you know, um, uh, maybe Atlantis and Lemurian, um, and perhaps the Vedic era had experiences with, with the divine potential of the human persona, the human genome, but where are those books? So you're listening to this show and I applaud you, but it's, I think it's time for us to kind of step it up a bit, not not in some kind of a burden or struggle or or drudgery that we have to do this, but perhaps more of a curious, passionate, inquisitive aspect of ourselves. The, I can't imagine a day when we've exhausted our potential ever, ever, ever. You can be an ex- Inspired now, and now, and now, and now, forever. You can have a new idea pop into your head and and start a new, as a seed, to start a whole new narrative for some aspect of your life. If you tune in, the inspiration of your soul, the inspiration of, of, what your heart desires for your life. What your heart desires for your life is a reflection of the heart of humanity and what it desires for the the next chapter of our human narrative. These are exciting times to be alive. We've been given a great gift. These last two years, our narrative, our our sense of, quote, normal, unquote, has been tipped over and and crashed on the ground. Oh, I know it seems chaotic, and for a lot of people, um, um, frustrating and and scary and anxious and whatnot, but we've got a big, huge void of what was normal, and we can build a, a completely new narrative. We couldn't have done that in 2019. We just couldn't have. The, the sense of normal in our narrative in 2019 was like a flipping freight train or or some uh a super ocean tanker that takes 4 hours to turn around and needs 20 miles for it to happen we want to shift to a like a jet ski Uh, narrative, where we're agile and fluent and dynamic and and so as change comes to us, it's an easy peasy thing to to reconstruct our our narrative, to reconstruct our sense of self. This is a very exciting time to be alive. Our egos are going to suck. Well, they don't have to suck. But The old sense of the ego is not going to be the mechanism that's going to get us completely there. In order for us to really bring our human potential into form, we need to uh, heal our ego, transform our ego, bring our ego into harmony with our heart and our soul. And and perhaps one of the most powerful aspects of, I guess you could call it the new ego, is an ego that is not scared of a passionate heart. A passionate heart will feed you inspiration that will make your old ego explode. (laughs) I remember when my heart first told me to write books, my ego argued with it for a very long time. What? Me write books? My ego was in the way. I wrote a book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, and it it teaches you how to um, – it, it's like talking to your ego like this. Ego, ego, do you – do you realize how fantastic of a life you can live? How fantastic of a life you can live if you learn to honor and trust the inspiration. What if the first time I was told to write a book, I got it done in three months instead of six years of ego arguing? Citizen King, The New Age of Power. It's really about the the power of our soul and how to make this human vessel compatible with that power. When the soul brings a vision and inspiration into a persona and then the passion of our heart lights a fire to that and we express it in our lives, that's electric. People talk about... um, humans that have demonstrated that, like Gandhi. Talk about a passionate heart. Talk about a vision of a soul. He changed the course of a country, and he was a scrawny-ass little lawyer. Our ego could have easily said, who am I to change the direction of India? Who am I to be the new um, vehicle of the human narrative, who am I to be the the point of inspiration, the vehicle of of the desire of the heart of humanity? Well, who the hell aren't you? Do you think it's gonna come through uh the the human narrative? It's not going to be fulfilled from some glowing orb, some divine deity that descends from the heavens, waves a wand, and reprograms the human narrative. That's never happened, and it's never intended to happen. We're here for the human experience. Damn, I get excited. (laughs) Can you hear the passion of my heart? Can you? I want to learn about the passion of your heart. It's my excitement, it's my joy to bring you episodes like this one tonight, because what I really like about Alan is over his 30 years of interviewing people about new realities, it's that perspective that I brought to you tonight and i'll do it again next week and next week we're we're into our 12th year hundreds and hundreds of interviews and i'm just getting started so i want to applaud you for showing up for yourself here you are at the end of the episode and you've showed up for yourself we've talked about some powerful things tonight to awaken the power in you i'm offering personal coaching can go to lesjensen.com or newhumanliving.com and sign up for a coaching session and I'll light a fire under your ass. And because I know your potential cannot be exhausted. It's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to claim our, our dominion, our, our divinity. What an exciting. <laughs> All right. Inhale, exhale. What an exciting time to be alive. Wow. Wow. Hey, I want to give a quick shout out to Susan. She, she's been operating the show. She schedules all the guests. She juggles um, uh, pre-show chats, topics, show titles. Sometimes getting guests on the show is like herding epileptic cats, and uh, Susan has been just an anchor for that to happen, and I really applaud Susan. She makes me, um, she gives me the ability to interview hundreds and hundreds of people without my brain exploding. <laughs> and and for that, I'm uh, I'm uh, eternally grateful. I want to thank Susan for that. I want to thank you, the listener, for showing up for yourself. I don't do this to hear myself talk. I do this for you. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Dream your best dream. It's your soul trying to inspire you. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration
1: into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power at newhumanliving.com Thanks for listening.